102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. Pretty straightforward. The phone numbers. Use them. You'll need them. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. You can send a text as well. I always respond with a smiley face emoji almost instantly. If you want to reach out via Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it this week, a lot of people just about had a uh, heavy dose of me during the Cowboys game yesterday, but it was, you know, it was unavoidable. If you can't tweet during that train wreck, you can't tweet at all. So it's at Jeff Ward Show. If you want to respond via Twitter, go ahead. I only ask that you not suck. Get to the point. Be straightforward. Make the show better if you can. That's at Jeff Ward. Um, I think, well, who knows where we are with the podcast since we were hacked and crypto was stolen and nude photos of Ed Clements were put everywhere. So I'm not sure where things are now. But subscribe to the Jeff Ward Show podcast. We drop it each afternoon. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. We try to post that each afternoon also. Okay, uh, every Monday now during football season, I do overreaction versus reality. This is the time to rein in the over-the-top responses, and I would like to think deliver a heavy dose of Jeff Ward reality. Of course you know where I'm going first. How could I not? (laughs) Okay, Uh, Overreaction. Yes, yes. It is possible to overreact to Dallas losing to (laughs) the Arizona Cardinals. And yes, let me say this up front. If you are pointing out, and you should, I'll own it, that I did make the prediction that they will go out of their way to lose every single game, the Cardinals. I didn't quite see their only win coming from Dallas, but okay. Overreaction. The Dallas Cowboys are going to fall apart. Reality. No. No way. There's too much talent if it gets back on the field. But no. Uh, ESPN nonstop is obsessed with this loss, which is fine. I mean, the, the loss by itself is a train wreck. The loss by itself is worthy of, and trust me, I'm coming for the head coach in just a minute. But it's worthy of... You know, practically anything you want to say. I think it's an overreaction to say that's it, they're going to fall apart. No, I don't see it. A lot of people may want it, but I don't see it. There's just far too much talent. And I know you're going to say, but Jeff, how can you lose by double digits to the Cardinals and not overreact? Well, let me, let me split that up. You can react, and I don't think it's an overreaction, to rip them to shreds for what happened yesterday. The overreaction is projecting that they're going to fall apart the rest of the way, assuming they get back to players that are out. If not, then you can start to say they're going to fall apart. Um, That was a team, the Cardinals, that are supposed to be tanking. I have no idea why they're trying as hard as they do. Uh, That's ridiculous. Three reasons, though, why you should not overreact. And then I'm going to give you a very scary reality. If you're a Cowboys fan, the reality is not good news. 
Number one, though, Dallas was missing three starters in their offensive line. A team strength yesterday turned into a weakness in one single day. That said, okay, and I know this is going to be tough to even find any positives in there. Um, Dallas ran the ball pretty well. Tony Pollard had, what, 123 yards. He averaged more than five yards a carry. Um, So the run game was actually fairly impressive given the fact that they've lost three linemen. Now, the line, you losing linemen is going to show up in the passing game, and it did. Number two, Arizona is built differently and is ridiculously good at running north and south. I mean, they're a team that goes straight at you. They're a team that looks like it's a team from the 1970s. It's built on a power run game, and they do it pretty well. They did it against Dallas yesterday, which is a hole in the Cowboys. I can explain that one, too. But you're not going to play many teams that play like that. One, you can't sustain it in the NFL. You can't play like that regularly. It's just too physical. But Arizona runs straight ahead very well. Arizona ran right at Dallas and was very effective. I do think it might be a template for teams going forward, but wanting to do it and being built to do it are two different things. Arizona had 180 yards rushing in the first half. A game should have been out of control and away from Dallas within a half, and it wasn't. James Conner ran for 98. Arizona averaged 7.5 yards per run. Their quarterback, Josh Dobbs, is a run-first quarterback. He had 55 yards and averaged more than 9 yards to carry. The upside for Dallas, okay, Again, this is why I'm trying to stop the overreaction. And it's hard with a nonstop heavy dose of the sky is falling for Dallas. It's not yet. Here's the upside for Dallas. Not many teams will play like that. They just don't. It's not sustainable. And it won't be sustainable for Arizona. That's the upside. The downside for Dallas, the best way to minimize Micah Parsons is to run right at him. Daryl Johnston made the point during the game yesterday, and it was spot on. Just run right at him. Now, like I said, there are not that many teams, one, that are willing to just abuse their quarterback and run him into the ground before it's October. The Cardinals are just throwing everything they can at it, which I think at some level is dumb and admirable. But just teams aren't built to play like that. But if but they're going to try now. They're going to try to run right at Dallas. They're going to try to run right at Micah Parsons. So watch out going forward. I think uh, Dallas will have to accept some other teams are going to try to do the exact same thing, and that is just go right at him at the point of attack. Um, number three, I'm giving you three reasons why there's not an overreaction. Then I'm going to give you the harsh reality. Dallas was due for a bad day. I know when you're a fan and a face painter, I know it's hard to accept that, but sooner or later, you're going to have a bad day. The game takes too much out of you. They were sluggish and slow. It's not about how you're up for things. It's how physically you're ready for something. And they were sluggish. The body of work, looking forward, says that's not them. It's not. There's just too much talent if they get it back. So there are, there's the upside if you want to find one in Dallas. Uh, not many people do want to find that, but I, I, do, I do think it's, I'm going to be intellectually honest and give you what I think is the reality. That's the reality. Now, here's another reality. 
here's the big problem. Arguably, outside of yesterday and injuries, arguably, not even arguably. If you want to argue with me, go ahead. I, I, I think you're going to lose this one. The biggest problem that's not fixable, it's not fixable. The injuries, you can get guys back. Game plans, you can get back. Strategy, you can maybe get back. But what's not fixable is their head coach is a buffoon. Yeah. It's a problem. It's a problem that when you're blowing people out 40 to zip, you don't really notice. But when you're struggling to stay in a game, when you don't have your A game, you don't have your C game. Head coaching matters. Decision-making matters. And the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys is a buffoon a lot of the time. And it's going to come back. That one is going to cost him. Mumbling Mike McCarthy sucked the life out of his team yesterday with stupid decisions. They were already at their C game. Remember what I said. It's just a fact of life when you're playing a 17-game brutal schedule and you're a team that thinks they're going to play 20 or 21 games in a season. um, You're not going to have your A game. You have your C game. And so decision-making can suck the life out of your team, and that's what Mumbling Mike did yesterday. He's a problem. I said it a year ago. I don't know why the man can't add and subtract, but he can't. He's a problem. The most important in-game decisions, and I think it's important for people to realize this. I think think the public in, in my industry gets obsessed sometimes and caught up in strategy and game planning and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 it matters. But remember this, in-game decisions for the head coach. There are in-game decisions that are solely on the head coach. When you hire a head coach, these are the things absolutely in-game the head coach must do. No one else is trying to make these calls. No one else is saying, I got that. That's the head coach. Okay, you ready? These are the absolute in-game things the head coach does. The head coach can go get a cheeseburger, and it doesn't matter unless these three things come up. Okay? The use of timeouts, taking or declining penalties, and fourth down decisions. That's what the head coach does. And the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys is not very good at it. In fact, he's pretty awful. Those are strictly the decisions of the head coach. Mike, mumbling Mike, is terrible at all three. Yeah, he's not good at any of them. Um, he chose, as a case in point, and this, I, I, I might, my face was going to catch on fire, so I just started tweeting to try to minimize the pain. This kind of stuff drives me crazy. So Dallas is, again, trying to just, with this, with their C or D game, trying to win a game on the road. Just scrap it out. Just get on the plane and get out of there kind of thing. And their head coach mucked it up. Midway through the third quarter, he chooses to go fourth and four. Midway through the third quarter, instead of taking three points. Taking three points because your field goal kicker hasn't missed it all this year. Okay, when you are have your C or D game, you take points. As a rule, you take points. When you're on the road, you take points. When the math says to just take points, that's what you do, you fool. You fool. Because when you don't convert when you just need points, you spend the rest of the game chasing points at which you do stupid things. And I don't know, you throw interceptions. 
So you're missing three stars. How dumb was it to go for a fourth and four that they didn't convert at the time? Let me tell you how that sucks the life out of a team that's not playing very well. You're missing three starters in offense. So points are a premium. You just need to do whatever you can. You're just, you don't care if you win by one. You just need to get some points. Two, Arizona's lead would be six instead of nine. That is life-changing with a quarter left in the game. Number three, there's no reason at that point in the game, as badly as your team is playing, as lucky as it is to even be in the game, there is no reason to chase points. It's stupid on every level. It's not cool, fans, to go for it on fourth down. That's not cool at all. You know what's cool? Points. Not losing is cool. Mike McCarthy is going to cost his team another couple of games this season. If you're a face painter, you just hope it's an Arizona-like situation that doesn't, doesn't hurt you. Sooner or later, they're going to play a game that matters more. He's going to cost them. It's stupid. He's the most dangerous takeaway of what happened yesterday. Uh, overreaction. Colorado will bounce back after a brutal road loss to Oregon. Reality. No, they won't. They're about to get their ass kicked pretty regularly. The problem for Colorado now is finding wins the rest of the season. The problem is not, ooh, how do they get up in the top ten? Shut up with that. The real problem is finding wins. Oregon beats them 42-6, and it wasn't that close. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Oregon has 518 yards. They have 234 rushing yards, and they were just brutal rushing yards. They were shove-you-to-the-ground type thing. Colorado didn't even have 200 yards total, I don't think. So, and Shadour Sanders, who is a super talented player, he's a first-rounder written all over him. He's a pro player. He has no chance all day. None. They get USC next, and they had better pray for snow. I don't even know when it snows first in Boulder, but they need it right now more than ever before. They need an absolute blizzard. I'm not sure. Has there ever been a blizzard in uh, September? They need it now, man. you got to do something. Bring in the fake snow if you have to, because you're about to get rolled again, and I'm going to say and again and again the rest of the season. Right now, Colorado is a 21-and-a-half-point dog at home. USC will cover. Um, Colorado, think of it this way in pretty simple football terms. Colorado can't block decent players, and Colorado can't tackle decent players. That's kind of a big problem. Yeah. There's no Deion Sanders fix to that. There's no Shadour Sanders fix to that. There's no skill player fix to that. The biggest concern, I'll tell you now, for Colorado, and again, you're going you're gonna to be hard-pressed. You maybe can find three wins somewhere in there. I, I guess they beat Stanford. I guess. I don't even know if they play Cal. Oh, they suck. Um, it's hard to find really bad teams in the Pac-12, so the, the wins are going to be few and far between. They might get the six wins, which I think is fantastic. But the biggest concern now going forward is keeping Shadour Sanders healthy. He's already going into that game. I believe he was statistically the most pressured quarterback in 
college football. And it got worse on Saturday. So, you know, look, they've been on borrowed time. It tells you a little bit about TCU. It tells you about Nebraska, how much, how lousy they are. You can't, you can't hide blocking and tackling. You just can't. It's really hard to do. When the other guys just shove you to the ground, you can't do anything about it. Now, that said, I thought the Oregon coach, Dan Lanning, acted like a trash-talking meathead. Settle down, man. You just need to check yourself. Um, I know some of you may think it's cool. Well, that's nice, because I think he acted like a foolish meathead. He, you know when he proved this guy, the head coach of Oregon, he's got a good team. Uh, I mean, they're good, and they're maybe the fourth or fifth best team in the Pac-12. That's how good the Pac-12 is. But, you know, he proved how uncomfortable coaches are, mainstream, old-school, meathead coaches are with Deion Sanders with his ridiculous pregame speech. And I thought it was ridiculous. Here's why I thought it was ridiculous and hypocritical at best. Did the speech work? Oh, but look, Jeff, they went out there and kicked their butts. Shut up. They, 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 they could sleep before the game and beat Colorado by 40. Shut up. That speech doesn't do anything. Give it a break. Um, they beat Colorado no matter what. I don't care if Dan Lanning is Vince Lombardi or not. I don't care if he doesn't say a word to his team. They beat Colorado easily. He did. He made this speech, and he did it for himself, and he did it for social media. He knew exactly. He knows there's a camera in there. He knows exactly what's going to happen. He's criticizing Colorado and Deion Sanders of being worried about going viral when he did everything to go viral. Give me, come on. Oh, they're looking for clicks. What were you looking for with a camera in your face in the locker room then, bud? Why didn't you do it in silence? Keep everybody out and then give that speech. But instead, he had a camera in there to deliver that speech, and yet he's railing on Deion Sanders for being all about the media. I mean, he, he, he knew it would go viral, and he did it for clicks while accusing Deion Sanders of doing everything for clicks. He sounded like a jealous prom queen. Rooted in substance, not flash. Rooted in substance. Today, we talk with our pads. You talk with your helmet, right? Every moment. The Cinderella story is over, man, right? They're fighting for clicks, we're fighting for wins. There's a difference, right? There's a difference, right? This game ain't gonna be played in Hollywood, it's gonna be played on the grass, right? It's gonna be played on the grass. Why was the camera in there, Mr. Anti-Publicity? Shut up. And then I thought, yeah, yeah, they kicked Colorado's ass. They kicked Colorado's ass with or without that speech. I thought Deion Sanders handled it post-game perfectly. <laughs> I mean, it was a breath of fresh air. Uh, he handled the butt kicking perfectly well. He said the right things. He owned it. He, I believe he had to know it was coming. He's not. He knows football. He knew it was coming. And I kind of love that comment. We got our ass kicked. Come come get me now while you can. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Right there, you expect some music, but you don't have it. See, that's the way it works. That's how we're quick on our feet here. You think we're you think we couldn't figure it out? 
I'm doing overreaction versus reality. That's when uh, I think people get over their skis and then I try to do this uh, hardcore, here's a real dose of Jeff Ward reality. Now, now let me finish up a thought about Colorado. I don't know how many Colorado wins the rest of the way. Maybe three, a stretch would be four. USC and Washington might each put up 60 on them. No. They're going to put up <laughs> they're going to put up 60 on them unless there's a big time snowstorm. Uh, those are two of the best offenses in the entire college game and with two of the best quarterbacks in the entire college game and Colorado's defense sucks. Their offensive line sucks even worse. That's reality. Oh, Deion Sanders' reaction after the game. Um, yeah, it was. He, he did it. Ju- he did it just right. It's a good old-fashioned butt kicking. It's no excuses. No nothing. Um, their coaches did a heck of a job preparing their team. Obviously, we didn't. That was good. I mean, that was a really good old-fashioned buck kicking uh we went into the game want to dominate several wanting to dominate several phases um we lost offensively defensively as well as special teams that fake punt kind of kind of got them really rolling and uh, they didn't stop um ever since they secured that first down well coached team uh Bo Nix played his butt off defensively they presented some things that I guess we just couldn't get around we couldn't advance the ball rushing or uh, throwing the ball as well seemed like they had our number but hats off to their coaching staff to their head coach great job and they're truly prepared one thing that I could say honestly and candidly you better get me right now this is the worst we're gonna be you better get me right now now somebody yeah I, I got messengers God bless him, though, man. He's a great coach. He did a great job. God bless him. He take their shots. They won. I don't shoot. I don't do that. They won. <laughs> Somebody said, uh, is that enough questions? And he goes, I don't have anywhere to go. Keep asking me. I, I deserve it. Uh, well played. I don't know. They got a lot, they, they're going to get beat worse next week. It may not look, it may not hurt as badly. But they're going to get absolutely drilled at home. I'm kind of curious after a few of those. And then Washington's going to make it even worse. So they they got a ways to go. That dude knows it. Uh, Overreaction. A one-loss Big 12 team, if it's Texas or Oklahoma, gets into the Final Four playoff. Reality? Okay, first of all, the Big 12 doesn't deserve two teams in for sure. The Pac-12 deserves two teams. But I'll take it further. If the top two teams of the Big 12, Texas and Oklahoma or Kansas State, each lose a game, I, I, I think Texas fans need to start prepping themselves for this if you haven't already, but I'm going to do some reality here. Um. A one-loss Big 12 team is in real danger. Now, if the name is Texas, you've got built-in advantages and blah, 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 brand recognition, but you're still, I don't think you're in that great of a spot, and I don't think you should be. Um, The league might get shut out with one loss. Undefeated, an undefeated Texas doesn't get shut out, an undefeated Oklahoma doesn't get shut out. Um... 
Texas might get in. The loser, if Oklahoma were to beat Texas, I don't think they do, but let's just say Texas loses somewhere along the way. Uh, I don't think there's any guarantee. I don't. Uh, A one-loss Texas team does not deserve to be in. The Big Ten might even deserve to. The Big 12 and the SEC have no margin of error. In other words, you better not lose because two other leagues are far more deserving and far deeper with one-loss teams. So here's the game that's going to be played throughout. And, I mean, I I just think for Texas, you better win out. I, I don't think you deserve to be in a Final Four with one loss. I don't. There's just too many other teams with a better resume and I go, oh, they beat Alabama. That's it, man. The league sucks. So the resume is not that great with one loss. An undefeated resume is all you can do. But let's assume Georgia runs the table. They should. Their schedule's a joke. Let's assume Florida State runs the table. What's left? A Big Ten Michigan or Ohio State and definitely a Pac-12 team given how tough the league is. So Big 12 winner better on the table. I wouldn't put you in otherwise. The Pac-12 runner-up and the Big 10 runner-up will get screwed. And it's not fair. It's really not. I could argue right now that Washington, USC, and Utah are three of the best five teams in the country right now. The fact that this is only a 14 playoff this year is really awful for a league so deep like the Pac-12 and even the Big Ten for that matter. Um, next year is 12 playoff teams, or 12 team playoff. I think it should be, I think it should be bigger, but it's desperately needed right now to reward the Pac-12. I mean, you you can't have four, what, five top 10 teams, and four of them are going to get left out. It's just ridiculous. There is no way. A one-loss Big 12 team winner deserves to be in that Final Four. I don't think a, I don't think a one-loss SEC team deserves to be in the Final Four. If the 12-team playoff existed today, the Pac-12 would deserve three, maybe four spots. That's not a joke. Uh, overreaction. <laughs> Are you ready? It's Right now it's an overreaction. The Miami Dolphins are the greatest offense of all time. Reality. They might be on their way. The data says they're on their way, but not yet. I know it's hard to believe, but not yet. Nope. What happened yesterday is it's insane. Uh, The Dolphins, in case you've been under a rock, the Dolphins scored 70 points against the Denver Broncos. They beat them 70 to 20. They had 730 yards in offense. It should have been more. Yeah. They had three, 350 yards rushing. This is the NFL. Uh, Mike McDaniel pulled his quarterback one play into the fourth quarter, or otherwise they go to 80-plus. Now, let's start talking about the records, uh, how they're on pace and all that stuff, because that's, that's what I just said. I mean, the reaction from a lot of people is this is not just the best offense in the NFL today, duh. This is the best offense of all time. Not yet. Settle down. Oh, it's, it's not even on track to be the best one of all time, which is hard to believe. Uh, so, Tua Tagovailoa 
completes his first 17 passes. The guy, this is ridiculous. The guy's on fire. It's just ridiculous. I, I don't know of anyone that's had a better three-game stretch. It's just absurd. Um, he completes his first 17 passes. The Dolphins, now listen to this. The Dolphins had three ball carriers who averaged more than 20.5 miles per hour on a run during that game. Tyreek Hill was clocked at 21.5 miles per hour. That's in a bunch of football gear. So let me tell you what they are of all time. It's the fastest team ever assembled. That might also be the greatest offense ever, but I don't think that's true right now. But it is the fastest team ever assembled. There are more fast guys on that team than any team I can ever... I mean, come on. I mean, I think it's safe to say ever. So here's the measuring stick in terms of we're going to have to wait. We are. And I know people are really excited to say it. We love to do best ever, best ever. But... It's the fastest team ever assembled. We're going to have to wait on the best offense ever. Here's why. The measuring stick is going to be this. The 2013 Peyton Manning Denver Broncos. That team averaged 458 yards a game, 340 passing. They scored 37.1 points per game. Got it? Oh, but Jeff, the Dolphins are on pace to beat that. Well, yeah, we're three games in. They don't even have the highest point total three games in of all time. But the measuring stick is going to be that uh, 2013 Broncos team. It's also going to be the 2007 Patriots team. That team averaged almost 37 points a game as well. Okay, so that's the measuring stick. So that's, you know, if you want to start counting it down, that's what you have to look at. Because here's here's the bizarre reality. This year's Dolphins team at 3-0 has scored 36, 24, and 70. Man, it should have been. Let me ask you a question. So they had a chance to kick a field goal. They chose not to kick it. That would have made it 73. That would have been the all-time record because the all-time record was set in 1966, I think, was 72. Would it have been a jerk move to kick a field goal to get the all-time record? Or would that be an understandable move? Jerk move, understandable move. What do you think? To make it 73. Because Mike McDaniel Cho, I mean, remember, uh, you, you never watch an NFL game where they have purposely shut it down. They shut it down right away in the fourth quarter. He chose not to kick a field goal to make it 73. Would you have done it to get the all-time record? Uh, the previous record was 66, so it's going to stand for a while. No one's scoring 73 points again. They had a chance to get to 73 very easily. So the Dolphins right now, the fastest team ever assembled, not yet the greatest offense of all time, not yet. They average 43.3 points per game. That's second to the 1968 Cowboys, who scored 132 in their first three games. Who knew, right? Um, it's fun to watch. It's crazy to think about. It's, uh, it's crazy to think about. That team, they easily could have scored 77 or 80 points. They had 73 in their pocket and chose not to do it. They easily leave Tua in there for another series or two, and they score 77. They can get to 80 if they wanted. So, fastest ever. By far, no one's even close. I mean, it really is a track team. They might have two track teams, actually. Best offense ever, 
not now, maybe on their way, but you can't say it yet. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. On Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week, it is at Jeff Ward Show. So let me get to some of those tweets. Um, <laughs> at Jeff Ward Show, regarding the recent influx of trash talking, other shows have referred to it as the NBAification of the NFL. I guess now add college football to the list. Add the coaches to the list. They're the ones that talk to trash. At Jeff Ward Show, if USC has a Big 12-style defense this year, like last year, then they'll probably win by two touchdowns rather than five over primetime Buffaloes. If Fox is trying to hype that game like it matters again, no. No. Absent uh, snow machines at the stadium, that's over by midway to the second. It's not even making it to the second quarter. At Jeff Ford Show. I was not able to watch the game. I assume you mean the Cowboys game. Did they pan to Jerry by chance when Mike went for it on fourth down instead of taking the field goal? I bet Mike would lose a ton of money if he ever went to Vegas. Worst gambler ever. You know what's amazing about mumbling Mike? He wasn't even the biggest moron of the day. This idiot that coaches the Chargers? I mean, mumbling Mike's team lost... The Chargers won, and I tell you what, had they lost, I don't even let that guy get his stuff out of the locker room. I'd say, please, we have security here. We're going to get you to leave. You're never coming back here again, dude. So Brandon Staley, they go forward on fourth and three or five. I can't remember what it was, on their own 20 and got stuffed. Had his quarterback not passed for 410 yards, that jackass would have cost us. He will do it again because he is an idiot all the time. Mumbling Mike is stupid, and it only flares up every now and then. Okay, maybe once a game. This Brandon Staley guy is an absolute tool. I hate that stuff. I hate it. My head exploded yesterday when the Cardinals... See, you're going to say, well, you old man... I grew up around the game, and it's never you should never make that game complicated. The Cardinals kick a 51-yard field goal. Dallas, because it's Dallas this day, lines up offsides. It gives the Cardinals a, a first down. Five-yard penalty. It was a five yards for a first down. They get a first down. You know where I come from, what you do? You don't take points off the board. Period. Now, they go, <laughs> they take it, which... I didn't even start to tweet about that because I just don't think I think I'm a man on an island on that take. So they take it, and then they get stopped, and uh, Matt Prater has to come in and make another long field goal. Now they're lucky they got a veteran kicker who's going to make it again. But I was thinking that is why you don't take points off the board ever, 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 kids, ever. Oh, at Jeff Ward show. Uh, Mumbling Mike is worth about four losses all by himself. They'll lose another three at least by being outplayed by better teams this year. Ten and seven record at best. Playoffs, not sure. Depends on the rest of the NFC. Oh, come on. Wait, wait, wait. No. No, no, no. You're wrong. Um, They're not the best team in the NFC. But they're the third best team in the NFC. They are. Dallas is. I, I, I no one wants to own that today after losing to the Cardinals, <laughs> but um, 
give them their linemen back, tell Mike to shut up, and that team is fine. At Jeff Horcho, on a humorous note, Jason Garrett said Dallas was up against Arizona and grass. At Jeff Ward Show, that's why your Dallas homerism over the summer was funny. Of course, the difference is mumbling, Mike. Of course it is. Nine and eight record this year, maybe 10 and seven if no one else gets injured. Oh, come on. At Jeff Ward Show, for $6 million a year, you expect him to only make right decisions? <laughs> Actually, yeah, not the complicated. Well, you know what's not complicated? Fourth and four. Never. It's never complicated. Now, had it been, no, even if there's four minutes left, five minutes left in the game, you kick. Because you know what? You think you have the best defense in the NFL and you're going to get the ball back. You take points when you can get points. That's what you do, especially when you're good on defense. Now, they weren't good on defense yesterday. They were not. And they were pretty awful. Um, I kind of trust that defense over the long long term. I do. Uh, I think the sample size is pretty good. At Jeff Horchill, mumbling Mike with two terrible run plays right before Dak Prescott gets in the end zone. Ball game. Yes. You know what that buffoon did? They got The clock is running down. They run a play. Huddle. Run again. Huddle. Run again. I mean, they ran every single down inside the red zone until they had to pass. And then, of course, Arizona said, here, I'll take that. Thank you. He was, he was, he was awful. Mike, Mike McCarthy was awful yesterday. So was his defense. Uh, all of you go ahead and pretend. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I need to say this. Kids, don't gamble. Don't gamble. Listen to me when I tell you this. My kids don't listen to me, but I need you to listen to me. Don't gamble. You know why you shouldn't gamble? Yesterday is why you shouldn't gamble. There is no predictable path for yesterday. No way. You go ahead and say, you lie and say you had the trifecta of Houston beating Jacksonville in Jacksonville. You had Arizona beating Dallas. And then most importantly, to complete your parlay of the day, go ahead and lie and say you had the Colts beating the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Okay, go ahead and lie and say you had that. You're a liar if you did. Um, if I had to rank the shock value of those three games, and I know they're all three shocking, and I'm really confused by Jacksonville. I'm really, really confused by what whatever's going on there. But if I have to rank the shock value of those three, I mean, that's three of the worst teams in the NFL. You do know that. They just knocked off three of the best teams in the NFL. Shock value, I go Colts beating Baltimore in Baltimore. I don't, I don't even know where to start on that. Houston beating Jacksonville is next. And then lastly, I'd say Dallas losing to Arizona, a team that I had going, as you know, 0-17, with never even trying. Like, I thought they were going to try to lose yesterday. I was conv- I go, well, I'm thinking, why are you playing so hard? What are you doing? Stop it. <laughs> What's the point? Uh, three worst teams in football beat the three of the top six teams or eight teams in the NFL in one day. Remember, the Texans lost at home to the Colts. They turned around and beat a loaded Jacksonville team on the road, a team that I cannot figure out at all. At all. I thought I had them figured out. I thought there was talent there. I don't get it. 
How did the Colts beat the Ravens in Baltimore? Tell me that. Tell me you had that trifecta, and I'm going to call you a liar. No way. Um, as for Dallas, I, you know, like I said, I, I'm going to be accused of being a homer again. I just, I think there's some built-in excuses there. Mumbling Mike was atrocious. Um, so, you know, you know that stuff. Uh, everyone's going to freak out over the first Dak Prescott interception. That interception was set up by a stupid coach. His stupid coach put him in a bad spot. Uh, don't act as if Dak Prescott's one interception is what cost him that game yesterday. Their defense sucked. Their coach was an idiot. There. Um, that, that interception should not be the thing freaking you out. But somebody somewhere, some drunken frat guy, probably stumbled into the trifecta of Houston beating Jacksonville, Arizona beating Dallas, and the Colts beating the Ravens. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.